The first reading is from Job, the 38th chapter. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out of the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, thus far you shall come and no farther. And here your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld and their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. This is the word of the Lord. Our psalm for today is Psalm 18, 1 through 6. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. The second reading is from Romans, the 10th chapter. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. They have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, 
Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side where he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. Early in the morning, he came, walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him saying, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Walking on water. All four Gospels agree that Jesus walked on water. How did he do that? How did he do that? Did he walk on water because he thought he could walk on water? Was he like the little engine who could? Who knows the story of the little engine who could? We got some hands. We, we, yes. You remember the story of the little engine who could? There's a whole line of freight cars that go up over the mountain, and there were no big engines. And so they got a hold of a little engine. And they hooked him up at the cars, and he went away thinking, I think I can, I think I can. When he came to the mountain, it was a little slower. I think I can, I think I can. But finally, he got over the mountains and, and went down the other side. Did Jesus walk on water because he thought he could? I don't know. All I know is that the Gospels agree that Jesus walked on water and, and Peter walked on the water as well. Now, Jesus stayed behind. The, the boat went, was going across the Sea of Galilee, and uh, Jesus came walking to them, and Jesus said, don't worry, it's me. And Peter said, invite me to come walking on the water with you. Now, you imagine this. Imagine getting out of the boat. Have you ever tried to get out of a boat while it was in the water? That's not an easy thing to do, and I can imagine I can imagine with Peter with one foot in the boat and one foot in the water, not sure what he wanted to do, but I think he had his eyes so fixed on Jesus that he did it, and he stood there, standing on the water. And then he saw the wind and the waves and all, and how impossible this was, and he began to sink, and he said, Lord, save me. And Jesus said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, what does that mean? 
Why did you doubt? It must, it must mean, it must mean that if Peter had not doubted, he wouldn't have gotten dunked. Now, I want to give you the last sentence of the sermon. This is the last sentence, so you know where we're going. And here's the last sentence. If you want to walk on water, you have to overcome doubt. If you want to walk on water, you have to overcome doubt. That's where we're going. Anybody here want to walk on water? My wife does. But, but why, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to walk on what? Well, so you can get a job in the circus? So you can be on TV? Our next guest is a water walker. So you can impress the girls? Hey, you want to go out with me? I can walk on water. To get a job. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a water walker. Five days a week. I walk on water. Who wants to walk on water? And even if you could, even if you could, after a while it would become old stuff and nobody would pay attention to you. Remember in the early days of the space race how we used to watch every rocket go up and everybody come down? Anybody watch that stuff anymore? It's hardly, it's hardly front page news because the spectacular has become common. Who wants to walk on water? I want to remind you that there's another incident like this one. It's from the 8th chapter of Matthew and not from the 14th chapter. And it's, it's, the same, it's the same cast of characters. There's Jesus and the disciples and the boat and the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is not a sea. The Sea of Galilee is a lake. It's a lake that's 13 miles from north to south, and its widest, it's eight miles across. But the Sea of Galilee is 682 miles, feet below sea level. So if you were on the Sea of Galilee, the shore of the Mediterranean would be 682 feet above you. It's down in this bowl. And what happens with the Sea of Galilee is when the weather comes from the west, and weather comes from west to east, when the weather comes from the west, the hot air, the humid air, and it hits this drop-off, it, it crunches down the cliff, and it brings all these storms to the Sea of Galilee. That's been happening for a long, long time. And so the sailors who, who sailed there and made the living there, they understood that. And Jesus and his disciples were, were crossing the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus was asleep. He was in the hands of people who knew what they were doing. They were sailors. What an act of faith to fall asleep in the boat. And then the, 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 the winds came down and it started to churn up the Sea of Galilee and all of a sudden, everybody was terrified. This must have, this must have been the perfect storm because people who had sailed that 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 lake, the whole, their whole life, were scared out of their wits. And they came to Jesus and said, Lord, save us, we are perishing. Now, what did they think he could do? 
Did they think he could tell the storm to stop? And he said, oh, you of little faith. And then he told the storm to stop. And it stopped. If you want to walk on water, you have to learn to overcome doubt. Let us take all these nature miracles, let's set them aside. I'm, I believe that's right. Jesus walked on water. He's, he stilled the storm. But we're not really interested in that. We're interested in what happens to us. We're interested in the storms that hit our own life. Have you ever felt as if your boat was sinking? Have you ever felt that the winds and waves of life were going to wash over you? If you haven't, you will. So the question becomes, how do we handle the storms of life? Let's call them life's challenges. Everybody's got life's challenges. Now, for teenagers, we got some, we got some teenagers here with us today. I'm glad to see you. Because teenagers have challenges. A zit. Do you know what a zit is? How many of you know what a zit is? Yeah, that's, that's an emergency. That's the real challenge for a teenager. I'm not putting down acne. If you got a zit, how do you deal with it? Or you broke up with your boyfriend or you broke up with your girlfriend. Or you can't get along with your mom and dad. Or your friends in school are trying to talk you into doing stuff you know you shouldn't do, but it's awfully hard to resist the peer pressure. How, how do you deal with that? With those storms that, that come into your life, how do you deal with them? And for us, now, anybody here worry about zits? I don't worry about that anymore. But problems at work. Problems at home. This time of the virus, people dealing with, with unemployment and issues of health. Aging. See the hands going up? That's a challenge. Sickness. Loneliness. Death. How do you deal with that? Well, if you want to walk on water, you have to overcome doubt. Now, that sounds like, it sounds like positive thinking. How many of you remember Norman Vincent Peale's book, The Power of, The Power of What? Of Positive Thinking. Which is better, positive thinking or negative thinking? It's clear. You have to think positively, and nobody should think more positively than Christian people. And I want to introduce you to a man who was a positive thinker, and you know him already. His name was the Apostle Paul. And here's what he said. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
he did better than the little engine who could. The little engine who could says, I think I can. Paul said, I know I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There should be no one who is a more positive thinker than you and I who are in the fellowship of Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you more about this passage. The, the, the letter to the Philippians is a thank you note. Do people still write thank you notes? We encourage our grandchildren to write thank you notes. This letter is written from prison. Anybody been in prison? You don't have to raise your hand. That must be scary. That's a major storm to be in prison, in a Roman prison, facing death. And Paul was in prison, and so while he was in prison, the people in Philippi, in this Philippian church, they sent him a care package. Now, we don't know what was in it. Food, the sweater, who knows? They sent him this package to support him in prison, and now he's writing back to them to say thank you. But <laughs> he doesn't get to the thank you part till the end of the letter. And he says here, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He was walking on water. He was dancing on water. Now, with the life that he gave, had as a disciple of Jesus Christ, I want to give you some more of his storms, just to know you the, the kind of challenges he had. And so in his letter, second letter to the Corinthians, he wrote this. Five times I have received from the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Five times he was whipped. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. For a night and a day I was adrift at sea. At frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers and sisters, through many a sleepless night, hungry and thirsty, often without food and cold and naked, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow. He was walking on water, dancing on it. He put all that stuff under his feet in victory. I want to tell you about a, a gentleman who belonged to our church in Rogers, and I was there a wonderful Christian man, and he was in the hospital, and uh, he was going to have surgery. And I was in the hospital room with him when um, the doctor came in, this young doctor. Have you noticed how young the doctors are these days? The young doctor came in, and he said, sir, uh, you have to have surgery. And he said, I know. He said, let's do it. And he said, well, it, it's dangerous surgery. He said, yes, I know. Let's do it. 
He said, I could, you could die. Yes, I know. Let's do it. He was walking on water. He was dancing on the water because he couldn't lose. I love this. If he lived, he lived. If he died, he was with Jesus. He couldn't lose. Walking on water. When that was over, I walked out of the hospital room with, with the doctor, this young doctor. And he said, um, I've never seen anything like that. This man, he could die. And he doesn't seem to be phased by it. And I think I said something like, you haven't been around very many Christians, have you? Because we know how to walk on water. If you want to walk on water, you have to overcome doubt. Let's think about doubt. You know, to, to overcome doubt is not easy. It's really not easy. And doubt is not the opposite of faith. Unbelief is the opposite of faith. Faith says yes, unbelief says no, and doubt says, I don't know. I think doubt is faith looking for more faith. Remember when, when, when Peter was sinking, he said, you are a man of little faith. He didn't say Peter didn't have no faith. He said he didn't have a lot of faith. The disciples in the boat didn't have a lot of faith, but they had faith. They just had more faith than doubt. And it's hard. It's hard to overcome doubt. I know that. When, when we lived in Norway, the church had a wonderful apartment. We think it was on the fourth floor. And um, you went through that living room, and you went out, and there was a door. And the door went out to uh, a little balcony. And there was enough room on the balcony for a couple of chairs and maybe hibachi if you wanted to cook something. Val went out the first time, and I got to the door, and I couldn't go out. Because I was sure, I was sure that if I went out on that balcony, it would fall off, and I'd be killed. Now, the balcony had been there for probably for 50 years. But that's what I felt. She would go out there and sit. I couldn't do that. Because I had doubt about the strength of this balcony. Now, how stupid is that? Doubt can be that way. It took me a long time before I go out and sit on that balcony. But when I sat on the balcony, I always sat next to the door. See, overcome doubt is hard. It's really hard. But if you want to walk on water, 
You have to overcome doubt. And we're like, we're like this father who came to Jesus one time with his epileptic son. He wanted Jesus to cast out the demons that were afflicting his son. And uh, Lord, help me. He says, all things are possible if somebody believes, as if, as if the father could do it. And the father said, the father said, and you know this, I believe, what's the rest of it? Help my unbelief. And that's probably where most of us are. Faith looking for more faith. Faith looking for the, for the confidence that can put doubt aside. Thank you for, pick, for picking the hymn. Precious Lord, take my hand. We're going to sing that in just a little while. Because that's part of the key to putting doubt aside. Precious Lord, take my hand. You see, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Precious Lord, take my hand. And when he takes your hand, and you know he's got you by the hand, you can do anything. If you want to walk on water, you have to overcome doubt. And when the Lord holds your hand, doubt is gone. Amen. Let us declare our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. I be we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God from God, light from light, very God of very God, begotten me, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again in glory to judge both the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Our Father, what a privilege it is to come before you in prayer, heads bowed, but hearts uplifted in worship and adoration. For you are our creator, the creator of all, and the one who is with us, even in the valley of the shadow of death. 
thank you. Father, we would like to walk on water. We would like lives that are, that are victorious and which enable us to put the storms of life under our feet. To that end, empower us to have more perfectly, more, to be more perfectly free from doubt, to put faith and trust in you. Precious Lord, take our hands. Take my hand. We pray for those who are working to develop a vaccine against the virus, which is now ravishing the world. Bless the scientists engaged in this fight. We ask you to raise up in our nation leaders who will lead us out of the divisions which fracture our national unity. In our hearts now, we pray for the sick and suffering, known to us and, of course, known to you. All these things, whatever else you see that we need, grant us a Father for the sake of your dear Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now we join in the church's favorite prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.